0: I'll be standing the whole time. So whatever you want. to, do. If you want to run the aisles, you're not going to offend me. Woo, come on. If you want to do a cartwheel, you're not going to offend me. Woo! If the force of gravity wasn't so strong on me, I'd do a backflip. But it's pretty strong. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered let them also that hate him flee before him. Psalm 68 and verse 1. In fact, the whole chapter was written as King David and the children of Israel went to the house of Obed-Edom who was not an Israelite but had converted. He was Obed Edom Some believe he was an Edomite others believe he was a Philistine Regardless he was not a Jew But there was something in the heart of this man They said I see what's going on I'm just going to I'm just going to be real today You just better get ready But Isaac, there was something in the heart of Obed Edom, wherever he was from. If he was from Edom, if he was an Edomite, he was a descendant of Saul. I'm sorry, a descendant of of Esau. And, And they hated everything about God. If he was a Philistine, then they hated the Israelites. They were friends of the Edomites. And regardless of where he came from, there's something that's burning in the heart of this man that says, you know what? I don't, I'm not satisfied living where I am. I've tried living where I am. I've tried living according to the pattern of those around me. I've tried living according to the pattern of the culture. I've followed the whims and the ways of pop culture. That's a a short, bougie phrase for popular culture. It's pop. I've tried all of that. I've tried living according to what the popularity scales say. I've tried following the polls and the, uh, the surveys and I've, I've done what the magazine said you gotta do if you want to be somebody and if you want to be happy, then you, you, gotta live this way and you gotta drive this and you gotta wear this and you have to live here and you have to do this and you gotta subscribe to certain things and you gotta listen to certain things and, and you gotta embrace certain ideals. But old Ben Edom said, I've tried all of that and I still haven't found what I see ref- Reflected over there in the land of Israel, and so he said, I'm gonna move my family. I'm not I'm not just gonna sit here idly by and spend the rest of my life wondering if I can really get into it, and so he crosses over the border and he makes his dwelling place in the land of Israel, and something happens along the way, and they place the Ark of the Covenant as it was being returned from the Philistines, it was was placed in the house of Obed-Edom. A man that should not have had access to the presence of God. A man that the law of Moses said he couldn't even see it in his house. Couldn't approach it. Yet they cleared out a room and put the Ark of the Covenant in this man's house. And everything about this man starts being blessed. The Ark of the Covenant represented the place where the Spirit of God would descend. All of a sudden, his house became the house of God. The presence of God dwelt in his house. And so David hears word. Everything Obed-Edom touches is blessed. His ground has changed. His crops are producing like they've never produced before. It doesn't make any sense. His flocks and his herds are multiplying. His wife who had been barren is now having children. It doesn't make sense. I just, it doesn't compute. He's blessed in the city. He's blessed in the field. He's blessed when he goes out. He's blessed when he comes in. We got to get the presence of God to where we are. And so David writes Psalm 68 as they go. And they are carrying the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of Zion. They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant back to the the, not the tabernacle of Moses, but the tabernacle of David. And that's another lesson that we've already taught. Go listen to the podcast if you want to learn about the tabernacle of David. That was family time. But the, the, the gist here, David, as they're moving the Ark of the Covenant, says, let God a mirror of Numbers chapter 10 and verse 35. It came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up Lord. Let your enemies be scattered and let them that hate thee flee before thee. David said, I know what begins to happen when the presence of God begins to move. I know what starts happening when somebody feels the weight of the presence of God. I come to let somebody know today that this is a house where the presence of God is welcome. And your body can be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And those were the same words that the singers began to sing as the ark crosses the threshold of the house of Obed-Edom. Let God arise. Let God stand forth. Let the Lord of hosts step to the edge of heaven. Let God put on his battle gear. Let God... God begin to war and let his enemies be scattered. I come to preach to you today that the same God that was with David on the road back to Jerusalem is in the house of the Lord today and he's tired of watching you live in defeat. He's tired of seeing you live beneath your means. I come to preach to somebody today. Let God arise. Let God arise. His enemies be scattered. Let them literally be dispersed into pieces. It's literally what the language means. Let God arise. Is it any wonder that David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me? Let us exalt His name together because I understand what begins to happen when the people of God begin to praise. Why do you think we push praise and we encourage worship? It's not just some pastime, folks. It's not something just to make you feel good about being in church, but there is warfare that begins to take place when you begin to open your mouth and praise God. God arise. I feel like preaching today. There's something that begins to happen in the atmosphere of your home when you start praising God. There's something that begins to happen in the atmosphere of your sphere in the church when you start praising God. There's something that begins happening in your family when you start praising God. Let God arise. God stands up. He's not sitting down upon his heavenly throne, but you've got his attention. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. I come to preach to somebody today that when you begin getting into the presence of the Lord, God is glorified and your enemy is terrified. This isn't some cute little preaching this morning to make us feel good. I'm telling you that God is glorified and your enemy is terrified. I come to encourage somebody today that's been beat down over and over and over and over. his enemies are scattered those that hate him shall flee they scatter like roaches when the light switch gets flipped They're comfortable in the dark and when the lights are off, they go wherever they want to go and they crawl on whatever they want to crawl. They'll get in your refrigerator. They'll eat all your food. They'll get in your pantry and eat your baby cereal. They have no regard to you. They have no regard and it's impossible to kill them. But when you flip the light on, they start running everywhere like the roaches that they are. I come to preach to somebody today that you have power with Jesus in your life God's enemies are your enemies this is not the enemy of my enemy is my friend No, sir no ma'am God's enemies hate your guts Because they couldn't live for God when there wasn't a devil. And so in 2023, on June 25th, you rolled out of bed. And you came to church. I went to bed last night. The earliest I've been to bed in a week. Quarter till 12. Two nights in a row I went to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. Went to bed Friday night. 1 o'clock. Late in bed, wide awake till 2.30. I slept good last night. The queen was home. Everything was right in my world. And I slept for eight hours. It felt like I could sleep for another eight. But instead, I rolled out of bed. My flesh didn't want to roll out of bed, Brother Chase. It's so good to see you this morning. I'm serious. I'm not poking at you. Good. See that smile. There it is. Yeah, whoo. Yes. Woo, yeah, dignified. But instead, instead of fighting your flesh and losing, you said, you know what? I may not feel like going to church today, but I'm going to live for God, even though there is a devil. And so the enemy that makes you think he's so strong was so weak that he couldn't live for God when there wasn't a devil. And newsflash, Joey, he doesn't even have the keys to his own house. And so he hates your guts. I love it. Every time I open the word of God, Elder, I'm doing it in his face you want to get me discouraged you want to get me down even when i got reason to i'm still going to make it to church if i can drive myself i'll drive myself if i got to get a ride i'll get a ride but i'm going to church honey i'm not staying home i'm not gonna stay down i may have moments but i'm gonna live for god in the face of the enemy why because i'm letting god around I come to encourage somebody today you don't have to leave beaten down you don't have to leave broken up you don't have to leave defeated but you want to leave with victory because they hate him and because they hate his laws they hate his government they hate his holiness They hate His image. They hate His nature. The carnal mind is their tool. And it's enmity. Or it's the enemy of God. The carnal mind can't submit to His law. It won't submit to His law. And the enemy wants to just get you so wrapped up in your carnal thinking. You know, I hear you, Pastor, but I just don't know if I can believe it. You need to understand what happens when you get into the presence of God. If you have been filled with His Spirit, you are His temple. Well, how do I know if I've been filled? The Bible says that when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the evidence is that you speak in a heavenly language say, well, I've accepted Him. That's great. Ser- I'm not poking fun. I'm serious. That's great. I'm glad you have. That's repentance. That's acknowledging that you need Him to be your Savior. But that's that's a good start, but that's not the end. Okay? That's a great start, but that's not the end. Everywhere in the New Testament, When someone received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they heard them speak in other tongues. Other tongues is not the Holy Ghost. That's the evidence. That's the evidence that you have been filled. Ask those the Jews that were at the house of Cornelius. They were astonished because they heard them. They said, that's exactly what happened to us. And then they said, let's baptize him. So, the fact of the matter is, and I'm not being mean when I say this, so please understand me this morning. God is God. And the importance is not that I accept him. Who am I to accept him? My righteousness is as filthy rags. I need to know he's accepted me. And when I allow him to take control of my tongue, it, it, it's against my human nature because I want to be in control. But he said, I want to know if you'll put the... Just stop trying to figure out how it's going to happen. You just praise me. And when you hear those words come to your mind, you're going to speak those words without fear. You don't have to worry about being wrong. He's never going to lead you the wrong way. He's never going to lead you astray. But he said, I want to fill you so that you can be my temple. And then any time you pray, You're going to feel God arise. Anytime you worship, you're going to feel God arise. That God can arise in your home. God can arise when you're driving down the road. God can arise when you're walking through the store. God can arise when you're standing at work. And so the reaction of God's enemies to the movement of the Ark of the Covenant was fear. Oh, no, they're getting the presence of God back within their midst. Oh, no, they're getting focused on God again. Oh, no, we're not going to be able to control them anymore. Oh, no, it's going to be a lot harder to oppress them now. Oh, no, we're not going to be able to use fear as effectively as we have in the past. enemies of God reacted in fear but the reaction of the people of God was great joy read in Psalm chapter 16 and verse 10 for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. I've come to preach to somebody today that feels like you're going through hell. I know how you feel and so does God and God does not want to leave your soul in hell. God does not want to leave you. He does not want to leave you where he finds you. He does not want to leave you in the pit of despair neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to seek corruption. Thou wilt sow me The path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Living for God is not a hardship. Living for God, living according to his laws and his principles, it's not a hard life. It's the best life. That's why you can look around at people that don't look like the world, yet they've got a smile on their face. You can look around at folks that live a little bit differently than the world does, and you think, I don't know if I could ever live that way, but something about them is drawing you back. What is it? Because God has arisen in our lives, and the things that we used to fight, we don't fight anymore. I'm just going to pin my ears back and preach this morning the depression that I used to fight. I don't fight anymore. The fear that used to control me doesn't control me anymore. The oppression that used to try to silence me doesn't have power anymore. I come to preach to somebody today. Let God arise! and his enemies will be scattered. That's why it's so important when you come to church that you come in with a mindset that says, I'm leaving with victory tonight. I'm leaving with victory this morning. He's never lost a battle. And he never will. He's my creator. My redeemer. My Lord. My savior. He is the Lord of hosts. Do you know he has defeated nations with armies of grasshoppers? He used bugs, to defeat kingdoms, what can he do with you? I come to preach to a man today who needs to feel the empowerment of the Spirit of God that would be willing to stand like David's mighty man, who stood in a half-acre patch of beans and said, this is my field. And you cannot have my field. It's just a bunch of beans, but they're my beans. And he was doing what Esau would not do. This is my birthright, and you can have it. You can have my birthright for a bowl of beans. That's not what David's mighty man was doing. He said, no, sir, these are my beans. This is my family. This is my home. This is my city. This is my church. This is my career. This is my wife. These are my babies. And hell, you can't have them. This is my sanity. And hell, you cannot have it. This is my peace. And hell, you cannot have it. This is my future. And hell, you cannot have it. Brother Isaac, I'm so excited about what I see God doing in your life. He's a young man who's saying, you know what? It might just be a field of beans. I might just be trying to find my identity in God, but this is my identity. And so if i got to linger in an altar and pray until I hear from God, that's what I'm going to do. What is happening? God's raising up young men. God's raising up men of God that will say, let God arise. I've come to preach to a man today that needs to feel the empowerment of David's mighty man. Who faced a lion-like man of Moab. Who faced giants of Egyptians. Who went down into snowy pits and slayed lions. Who faced an enemy who had a sword and a spear. And all he had was just a a shepherd's staff. And the enemy thought, what are you going to do with that stick, boy? Let me show you what I'm going to do with this. And he plucked the enemy's weapon out of his hand and slayed the enemy with his own sword. That's what a man of God can do. Men, that's what happens. God, I feel this so strong. I felt this since Thursday night when I was here praying at the church. I felt an old mantle of war come on me Thursday night when I was praying. God wants these men, God wants you men, to get under the burden of praying for your family. God wants you men to know the power that you have in your prayer. Yes, your wives have power. Yes, your children have power. But man, you are the priest of your home. You are the spiritual leader of your home. And I believe God wants to empower our men to know that when I pray, heaven's attention is upon me and God is arising. And then you can pray the enemy back from your home. I don't care how messy it is. I don't care how perfect it looks. I don't care how ugly it is on the inside. You can pray and watch God move. You can pray your children's futures on a straight path. You can fast and feel the empowerment I believe when you begin to pray your enemy begins to shake your enemy begins to fear your enemy begins to... Psalm 27 beginning at verse 1 your enemy hates your guts and he wants to he wants to present that hate as authority And has power over you. When in fact, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. And of love, savage and a steward. And of a sound mind. Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Next verse. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they were coming to utterly decimate me. They were coming to consume me. They wanted me to lose my mind. They wanted me to forget the anointing that had been placed upon me by God and the man of God. The enemy desired to make me forget that I had slain a lion and a bear with just a sling and a stone, my shepherd's staff and my bare hand. The enemy desired to make me forget the victory over the giants. They came to eat up my flesh, but they stumbled. But they didn't stumble and recover. They stumbled and they fell. I want to encourage somebody today who doesn't know how it's all going to work out. I come to encourage that individual who's coming to church feeling like this is the last resort until it all comes crashing down. I want to encourage you today that you're not here by accident. I want to encourage you today that God is on your side. And if God is before you, no one can stand against you. We need to understand today that living for God is a life of victory. Living for God is a life of victory. The psalmist was saying, yes, I had enemies. Yes, I had battles. No, life was not perfect. But when my enemies came to destroy me, When my enemies came to wipe me off the face of the earth, they stumbled. They staggered. They began to totter. The language says, weebles may wobble and not fall down. But David said, my enemies stumbled and they fell. Webster defines the word stumble as to trip in walking or running. To walk unsteadily or clumsily. Let me just remind you today that the personification of David's enemies, Saul, Abner, were men of war. They were men who knew how to literally run through the night and not fall. They were trained to stalk their prey silently and quietly. They were like the green berets of the Old Testament. They were the special forces. They were captain of the host. They trained the mighty men. These were men who knew how to run through the night, how to leap over walls and run through the troop. Yet when they came against the man of God, the man with God's anointing upon him just like you, are men and women with God's anointing on you. Their physical training, their physical preparedness was not adequate to decimate the man with God's hand upon his life. I come to preach to you today as we stand all over this sanctuary that the hand of God is upon your life and we need to let God arise. you need to understand they stumbled and fell those two English words and fell are one Hebrew word that I'm not going to try to pronounce but it means they went to ruin God arise let his enemies be scattered The psalmist said they stumbled and fell. They went to ruin. They were not even a shadow of their former glory. I don't care this morning what it is that you're facing. It is not bigger than God. We'll say that again until we all believe it. It doesn't matter what you're facing today. It is not bigger than God. What do I have to do, Pastor? You got to get in the presence of God. That's what you got to do. You got to open your mouth and you got to start saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you. The Bible tells us that He inhabits or lives in the praises of His people. So if you need God to get close to you and we all do then this is what we need to do. We need to lift our voices and give God praise. I don't want us today. I know this is a little this is a little different. We don't usually dictate how altar calls are going to go. But we're not going to come to the altar and kneel down with our faces down to the ground like we're defeated. Because we're not. We're going to come to the altar and we're going to stand with our shoulders squared and we're going to lift our hands. What does that do? That's the universal sign of surrender. Who are we surrendering to? You're not surrendering to me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to shake my hand in order to make it to heaven. You don't have to sign a book to make it to heaven. But you do have to repent. That's right. You do have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And you do have to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it's all free. And it doesn't cost you anything. Except your commitment. We're going to come to this altar. And we're not going to let our heads hang down. We're going to lift our faces towards heaven. And we're going to say, Jesus, I want to leave here today with victory. Like Thank God arise i want you to approach this altar with faith knowing that god is going to work on your behalf god is going to work in your life god wants you to leave with victory today